Today is Monday, May 26, 2008, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this May 26th broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje. The discussion will be focused on Our Lady of Medjugorje's May 25th message that we received yesterday through the Visionary Maria. And as a friend of Medjugorje leads us in prayer, we invite you to call upon the Spirit of Truth in your heart. We ask you to that you would open your heart to that Spirit that Our Lady's words for each of us and for our families would come into our hearts and that she may teach us through this message. And so now we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Mary, come to you tonight in special gratitude that you've been yet with us another day, another month. And we look forward to many more messages yet to come because we need you. You signified that today in this message, or yesterday actually, the 25th, in the message that you are with us. We wish with all our heart that you intercede to God and given us the grace and strength to understand the gratitude we owe Him in permitting you to come. Amen. Amen. Well, as always, it's a joy for us to be able to meet with you and come into your homes and those who listen even later off the live show. Uh, when they can stream the program about the message, to be able to discuss something so spectacular in its importance in our daily walk and the times that we live in is something that still is difficult to comprehend. Though we say that, we talk about it often uh, on the show here or even with each other here, it doesn't come to us in the way that the event and the magnitude that it holds. So without delay, we'll go ahead and let Ruth, who's joining us tonight, (coughs) Jones in Medjugorje, and we'll be hearing from her later tonight. But we'll let Ruth go ahead and read the message. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's May 25th, 2008 monthly message to the world. Dear children, in this time of grace... When God has permitted me to be with you, little children, I call you anew to conversion. Work on the salvation of the world in a special way while I am with you. God is merciful and gives special graces. Therefore, seek them through prayer. I am with you and do not leave you alone. Thank you for having responded to my call. 
Well, this message was a, a little bit of a surprise to us and some of the things that they said, which we'll discuss tonight. But it's always a joy to hear that, and yet we have the same thing. Well, Ali says, you know, the repeated the message, and so often it's easy for us not to enter this and to see that this is a message that is so plain that there's no significance to it. Yet this message has a great significance to it, and again, we'll go into some of that, but we have to realize that we can't just read these messages and take them at their face value that we have to, or they are they will they will be mundane they're ink on paper we have to pray to comprehend that and the more you discuss that the more you meditate on it the more you think about it the more you'll see it unfolded in this one message tonight that our lady gave yesterday that we're discussing tonight rather uh, you may not even notice that our lady said four times in this short message in reference to her being here God has permitted me to be with you. Then she says, while I'm with you. That's number two. Number three, she says at the last sentence, or second to the last sentence, I am with you. And then the latter part of that sentence, do not leave you alone. So there's four references to her presence here. We have to pierce this and really realize what is our lady saying? How important is her presence with us? We often have the shallowness of of being fed so much information and being told or the television or things being given to us that we don't really realize how to even pick apart something through prayer. Of course, you have to have a spirit of truth, and that's a problem today because so many people really don't even know what is truth. Good people, people who are listening to this, you don't always realize how do you know the truth. There's certain things that if you're in a spirit of prayer, you're in scriptural, in the, in the mindful of scriptures. You base things in the, the biblical uh, principles of the scriptures, and apply this. You can have a deeper spirit of truth, and that's why so many people, even among Christians, argue or fuss, or even people in marriage, they can't do it because they don't have the spirit of truth. If you have the spirit of truth, you agree with your brother. If you have the spirit of truth, you'll be in agreement, and it's a biblical principle. Be of one mind, one heart. Be agreeable, Jesus says, and make my joy complete. And when we don't have the spirit of truth, we have the spirit of the world, a spirit of our own wants or a spirit of our self-interest, and not the spirit of pure truth, we are divided. And one thing I like is bringing to us through these messages is the spirit of truth. How do you receive the spirit of truth? Our lady said, June 9th, 1984, she says, Dear children, tomorrow night, pray for the spirit of truth, especially you from the parish, because you need the spirit of truth to be able to convey the messages just the way they are, neither adding anything to them nor taking anything whatsoever away from them, but just the way I said them. Pray for the Holy Spirit to inspire you with the spirit of prayer so you'll pray more. Now, if I read this message, yesterday's message, and we've spoken about this, but I think this is a real important lesson that everyone realized and learned. It's something I learned a long time ago in the message. That if I just read the message, and I, met, I read it without the spirit of truth, it just says, it's just saying what it says. In other words, our lady says, yesterday, in this time of grace, when God has permitted me to be with you, little children. Okay, what's the spirit of truth about that? 
How much should I go into that? Is that the end of it? Well, our lady said in this other message back in 1984, I just read to you, don't add anything or take anything away from that. Does that mean I can't see anything more into that sentence? No. To add more to that sentence, does it add more to it? You have to see it in the spirit of truth. In the spirit of truth, the sentence says a whole lot to you. Just one word, if you picked it out, the word permitted, what does that mean? You know, how much effort and time did our lady seeking permission from God to come here to the earth? You know, when you're permitted, when you're permitted to do something, that means that you're not allowed to do it legally or morally by your own accord. So this word permitted says much to us. It involves the granting of permission from the one who has authority. When I saw the word permit, permitted, it immediately spoke to me. That authority must grant this permission to be granted. The recipient, therefore, has the authority to act by the one who has permitted it. In that case, who is that? Our Lady comes with the authority of God. Is this for a limited time? Because the message says that I am with you. In this time, whether it says in this time of grace, when God has permitted me. So in this time of grace, then we know there's a limit to it. Is this just going to go on to the end of the world? We're certain that's not going to happen. How do we know? By the overall view of the message. Not adding anything to it, but the spirit of the message shows that. That now you're in the time of grace. If you're under time, there will be an end to that grace. So when that will be over, these, the times will be different. It won't be like the time of grace. Therefore, the question we should ask, without Our Lady here, what will that time be like? That's the big number one question. Is Our Lady keeping things at bay during this time of grace? Are we being permitted or offered, rather, a special protection while she's here? You know, I wonder often, and when she quits appearing every day, will that extra protection go away? Will the teaching of the messages show us how to keep her protection when she leaves us without her presence every day? With the time that comes, remember we're talking about, she said, in this time, when God has permitted me to be with you. And she adds in the message, while I am with you, indicating the opposite, that when I won't be with you. So that time that comes, the time that comes after our daily presence, would that come and be more hospitable to the Christian life? Or more inhospitable to Christian life to help it thrive. Sometimes when things are going against us and it's persecution, Christianity actually grows from that. So what would be the case all over the world? Or would that be all over the world? Would it be in certain places or just here? Our Lady said in this message, is the call to a new conversion, the mark of God upon us, is that new conversion or to renew in other words, anew your conversion. Is that the mark of God upon us? Is that the parallel of the mark of the beast for those who are without reflection today, give themselves over to Satan without even thinking, without thought? So wrapped up in their life, their busyness, their pleasures, that they do the will of Satan without even realizing it. They're good people. To get permission from God, how long did Our Lady have to do that? I often wondered about that. You know, how, how many times through the centuries did I want to come? Okay, 
Go to Guadalupe, Mary. You know, a couple of days. Okay, go to Fatima. Go to Lourdes. And all the other places and all the other times our ladies intervened. How much did she intercede before the throne of God to get this? And how long of a period did it take? How many years in our time or decades did it take for a lady to make this appeal through her prayers to God to come and do what she's doing today? Is it likely that the day before June 24th, on June 23rd, 1981, that our lady just goes to God's throne and says, Hey, God, by the way, I'd like to go do a little work on earth. Can I go? Can I go? Can I go? I don't think that's the way it worked. How much work did Our Lady have to do what she began June 24, 1981, at 6.40, when the world began to change? How long did she prepare it? She gave a message once that said, I have been with you through the centuries. For centuries, she has prepared for Medjugorje. And it's no small matter that Our Lady comes to the world, and yet so few of the Earth's population know about Medjugorje. That's a grief to us, and that's sad. Our Lady's presence, everyday blessing, all the earth, all the people, day by day. That's her words. She says, day by day, I bless you in one of her messages. And when someone does hear, the reaction is, or someone you might tell, the reaction often is an attitude. What's the big deal? Or they might say, how nice. Or they might say, oh, that's good for you. I'm glad for you. Or they might say even, now i got things to do. I'm glad for you. Just leave me alone. I don't need it. They might say the church has not approved it. Therefore, it holds no binding effect on me. Or you might be wasting your time. Just go to adoration. We've heard all these things through the years, repeatedly. And yet this is all a reflection. I'm just focusing in not on the message, but just the one word permitted. God gave a permit for her to come. How much effort, how much time has that been to do that? And there's a character within the messages and a spirit of the messages. You'll see a thread running through that Our Lady, I believe, didn't know she was going to be able to stay as long as she's staying. Now, that was her plan. And I don't think she can sin in heaven. Or I don't want to say I don't think. I know she can't sin in heaven, but she might do a little conniving. You know, maybe she said, just give me a month. You know, and often we see Our Lady says, a part of my plan has been realized. When she changed from Thursday messages to, to January 25th, 1987, the first monthly message, you see that January message at the beginning of January, January the, the last Thursday message, where she says, Now the time, ha, the time has come when my, what my Lord wanted has been fulfilled. Amazing. Amazing. I, I know where I was standing when I read that. I said, Oh, it's over. Magic is about to be over. This is right at the end of 86, right at the beginning of January of 87. She says, now I'll give you fewer messages in this message, but uh, once a month on the 25th. If you told me when I was standing there reading that message from Medjugorje that this would go on for years and decades, I would be, I'd be blown away. They were fresh. They were only a little over six, that wasn't six years of, of apparitions at that point. Now we're 28 years of apparitions. So we got to realize that when Our Lady gave that and said that, that perhaps she herself was hoping God would let her stay what she's this long. But we didn't know for sure. And I don't think she was certain that God would grant that. I think it's my belief through the spirit of the messages that Our Lady has given in the way she says that she wants to stay with us. 
but is God going to permit it? And that's why she has often said, thank God. I want you to give thanksgiving prayers to God that he has permitted me to be with you this long. We don't deserve it. We can't merit that. How can we receive something, a gift from heaven, coming down every day for 28 years? And yet Our Lady says in this message, God is merciful and gives you special graces. Therefore, seek them through prayer. I am with you and do not leave you alone. God certainly knows the world needs a mother, desperately needs a mother, more than a father right now. You know, the crisis is in motherhood. Strong fatherhood will come through good motherhood. So it works. You can balk at that, bark at it, whatever you want to do, but that's the facts. The one who rocks the cradle rules the world. And so with this reality, the mother of God comes. She came first, then Jesus. And so her motherhood is such a great gift and a mystery. Mary is the mystery. She's the mystery of God. And she has turned his mercy on for us. With the state and the conditions of the world today, we do not deserve in any shape, form, or fashion the mercy God's granting us right now, except for one thing. One thing stands in the way of, of, of justice. One thing is blocking it, and that's the splendor of the mysterious woman, Mary. The third secret of Fatima showed that. When Pope John Paul revealed that in June 24th, 2000, I think it was June 24th, 2000, when he released the secret of Fatima, if I recall that correctly, the beginning of it was showing the, the angel with the sword striking the earth with fire. And upon splend, contact with the splendor of the Holy Virgin Mary, she defected it. So we know the earth is in such a state that it deserves that. But Our Lady, is, it is she who's turned to mercy. And so who is this woman? Who is this mystery? What kind of motherhood is she trying to show us? So we live in very fortunate times, at very extraordinary times, and times that, you know, I'm amazed God hasn't given up on us. Why hasn't God given up on us? I think he had. I think he said enough is enough. And it's Our Lady who's, who's bought us this time. And so we have to think and meditate what am I going to do about this? If God's given up on us, and I think anybody and everybody would agree that our cup is running over, and that because of that, our justice should be met, that God said June 24th, 1981, that's it. And here comes our lady. Give me some time. Give me the time. So this, she, she mentions time uh, in this message. One, this is a time of grace, and she speaks about being with us, not leaving you alone in this time. And so it's her who won for us this extra time, and it's her who, who has stayed God's judgment upon us to instead give us mercy instead of judgment, just the opposite of what we think we should get. So we live in this time where we need to reflect on why God didn't give us up, up on us except for our Holy Mother. Thank you.
Our Lady, through her messages, has shown and taught us that freedom brings with it choices. We have the freedom to choose. But it is here where the division lies within our nation. Two Americas are clearly manifesting themselves, one growing in light and one growing in darkness. A wider and deeper abyss grows to separate the two. It is evident everywhere. We hold the keys to peace. Read Two Americas, a 25-page booklet by a friend of Medjugorje, and see how you can unlock the door to save our nation. Order on medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, and click on Medjmart, or by calling in the U.S. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Terry, before you start, uh, we got a uh, letter from somebody that has a question that's challenging you that I thought that maybe it's something that you can uh, spend a little bit of time on before we go on. And the letter states, This is concerning your online article of 101107. Major Medjugorje announcement. In it, you counsel Christians telling us we are not able to vote. Firstly, please avail yourself of the public information from the Illinois Family Institute, which shows the positions of the major party candidates. You can easily see they are not equal in their support of abortion and abominable marriage. Secondly, this quote is from the article. 10 Easy Steps to Voting with a Clear Conscience by Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Number one, vote. The first step towards voting with a clear conscience is to make sure you actually vote. He quotes, The Catechism of the Catholic Church says, Submission to authority and co-responsibility for the common good make it morally obligatory to exercise the right to vote. We as Christians must vote. In this same article, Distinguish Choosing Evil from Simple Question, Which of the two candidates will do less harm to unborn children if elected? Which will do less harm to the God-given gift and sacrament of marriage? This is not choosing the lesser of two evils. We may never choose evil. Why isn't this choosing evil? Because in choosing to limit an evil, you are choosing a good. Finally, since you've put yourself in the position of speaking for the church and you spoke in error, you need to publicly retract your counsel that we as Christians are not able to vote. If we fail to vote and the more harmful candidate gets elected, it's the same as if we'd given our vote to him. Rather, it is imperative that we vote for the candidate who will do the least harm, judging by their voting records, statements, and party platforms. Respectfully submitted, Mary from Illinois. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me go get the catechism. I want you to read that, reread that again uh, while I go get the catechism. And uh, number one, 
Well, I'll just reserve that when I read the catechism. Go ahead and read it again. I'll go get it. This is concerning your online article of 10-11-07, Major Medjugorje Announcement. In it, you counsel Christians, telling us we are not able to vote. Firstly, please avail yourself of the public information from the Illinois Family Institute, which shows the position of the major party candidates. You can easily see they are not equal in their support of abortion and abominable marriage. Secondly, this quote is from the article, 10 Easy Steps to Voting with a Clear Conscience, by Father Prank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Number one, vote. The first step towards voting with a clear conscience is to make sure you actually vote. He quotes the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, Submission to authority and co-responsibility for the common good make it morally obligatory to exercise the right to vote. We as Christians must vote. In this same article, distinguish choosing evil from limiting evil. What happens if two opposing candidates both support abortion? Then ask a simple question. Which of the two candidates will do less harm to unborn children if elected? Which will do less harm to the God-given gift and sacrament of marriage? This is not choosing the lesser of two evils. We may never choose evil. Why isn't this choosing evil? Because in choosing to limit an evil, you are choosing a good. Finally, since you've put yourself in the position of speaking for the church and you spoke in error, you need to publicly retract your counsel that we as Christians are not able to vote. If we fail to vote and the more harmful candidate gets elected, it's the same as if we've given our vote to him. Rather, it is imperative that we vote for the candidate who will do the least harm, judging by their voting records, statements, and party platforms. Not only am I not going to re uh, retract what I said in this show, I think she's talking about the, the show we did called Vote or Not to Vote, but I'm going to reaffirm it. Everything I said in that, I stand 100% behind it. There's a thing in the church called, I call it and term the inserters. They come and tell you what the church says. They come and say, and they quote the catechism, they quote this and say, this is what it means, this is what it's supposed to do. It's their interpretation. You know, you've got to have a spirit of truth to understand anything. And this is what I was talking about. We don't have the spirit of truth. So by the principles being espoused by what this individual is saying, uh, I can vote for Stalin as opposed to um, Lenin. You know, which one's going to be the lesser of the evils? The spirit of what the catechism says, and in fact, what was just quoted in the letter didn't carry everything because I got the catechism 2240 here. It says, submission to authority and a co-responsibility for the common good makes it morally obligatory to pay taxes. That was not in there. To exercise the right to vote. That is in there. And it was not in there to defend one's country. What's the spirit of truth in that? The right to vote? Yeah, you're morally, you're morally obligated to do that. You're, you're definitely morally obligated to pay taxes. You're definitely morally obligated to defend one's country. Uh, to exercise the right to vote, if you're sick, you still pay taxes. 
But if you're sick and you can't go out to the ballot box, does that mean you're in sin? What's the spirit of truth? You should vote. We've advocated that. But you've got to have the spirit of truth to understand really what the catechism is saying. In other words, if you got what was just in spouse, the principle is that you then you go for the worst evil. That's garbage. Total, absolute garbage. You don't have the spirit of truth in writing that or in spousing that. Be you whoever. Whatever movement they're in. Whatever great leader they are. And when you have something that's two evils, then you can't vote for evil. And that's what we've been duped. We've been told and, and sold on the idea that the ballot box is where to change things. And we're cooked in that. We're taught that as Christians. We're conditioned that. That nothing can change in any other shape, form, or fashion except through that ballot box. It's a lie. There's a lot of other ways to change this nation. That's what July 1st or the 5th is about. Because we have no hope this election. You say, okay, we've got basically right now the two Democratic candidates, which we're not saying this to espouse anybody. We're talking about principles of what they're for. And then you got Senator McCain on the other side. And, and we're, you're saying, well, so we don't vote. We got two that's for abortion, two for this and two for that. And then we got uh, this one on the other side that's for this. Well, McCain, well, let's back up a little bit. California just voted for traditional marriage, 61%. The Supreme Court of California overrode it, 43, saying that they will make it, it'll make it legal for bondable marriages. Senator McCain voted against this federal amendment for marriage. He says he's for marriage and protection of it, and yet he didn't vote for the federal amendment, which would override that. Now, I'm a big state's rights. I, get, I believe that's from God. God's gave us that liberty. But when a state goes against the moral law, it goes against the natural law, it loses that right to, to go forward because it doesn't have that right. God doesn't, it's God ordained as a God given right. Nobody, no law, no operation or structure anywhere in creation has the right to violate natural law. And so you're saying, okay, well, he's not as bad as the other two uh, Obama and, and Clinton. Well, right there, you don't vote for that. What does that say? And I'm not saying I to vote. Go write in somebody. I'm writing in the Virgin Mary. I'll do it. It's exactly, I'm going to vote, and that's what I'm going to put down. I encourage you to do the same thing. But when you vote for what they give you, when you vote for what they're saying, and you're, you're misunderstanding what the catechism, the spirit of what it says, then you're playing right into their evil, right into the system. This, you show me where God's in the system. Show it to me. And does God pull good out of evil? You better bet he does. But as long as we collaborate with, as long as we look to it as our answer, God will not use that method and that system to bring us the salvation of our nation that we seek. Now, I've got before me, too, also, the Catechism Explained. Listen to what it says. You know, when everybody wanted women priests, and the nuns stood up in front of John Paul, wherever, I think he was in America, and he, he said, basically came out after that, it has never been in the church. Jesus established that with 12 apostles, and it never will be. Because that's the truth. The Catechism that's now... The catechisms of the past can't be in contradiction because the spirit of truth threads throughout. It's not going to be that way. And the catechism explain, explained 
I just looked up here. It says, before going to the ballot, they should ascertain, and this is about voting, the Catholics given, given the vote candidate. It says, Catholic electors, I'm sorry, before going to the ballot, they should ascertain the views of the candidate upon education, marriage, the observance of Sunday, etc. Better, listen, I'm quoting this, better not to vote at all than to vote for one who is hostile to religion. It is hostile for a senator to vote out something that he knows that we have to have. And I admit, it's, it is horrible. It is awful for a nation to have to pass a, a constitutional amendment to protect marriage. And we shouldn't be there. And if we Christians were thinking right, we wouldn't be there. The fact of the matter is we have to go there because we have one state can do something that forces it on the other 49 states because if something is abominable made in a union there, that can come to any state in the United States and you've got to recognize it. You know, we don't, Christians aren't thinking. And these inserters that are always saying what the church teaches and what the church, the church teaches this, the church teaches that. I'm, I get sick of this. They don't have the spirit of truth. They don't even understand what the spirit of what the church is saying. So, uh, I completely go against that this is an error, what I said. I, I reaffirm this stronger. I didn't say this this song on the show before, but I'm saying it to you now. You cannot vote for somebody that is half as evil as somebody that's evil. Don't give me that garbage. That's what it is, trash garbage and stupidity of what the biblical principles are about are either ignorance. You may be innocent. You may be duped into thinking this. But we've got spiritual leaders, and we've got a big division. We've got James Dobson saying he's not going to vote. Somebody told me that even um, Rush Limbaugh, who's not necessarily standing up for religion, said he's not going to vote. You know, and, and, and there's times that you don't. There's times that when something's hostile to religion, and again, hostile to religion is redefined. Marriage is the oldest, the first institution by God. And you have somebody that we got to vote to knock out other two people that might be evil, which most people say that's Barack Obama and, and Clinton. Um, we got to go with McCain. I don't buy that. I don't buy that a bit. I don't buy the lie, the devil. And if you do that, then God just sits there and lets us do what we do and we inherit what we inherit. But when we turn to God and say, God, we have no hope. When you come here in July and say, there is no hope for us as a nation. You hear the commercial we played for months. But look what happened while you're sleeping talks about. When it says, uh, do we elect our people or do we elect what the powers that be give to us? You, know, you can't tell me it's of God when you've got to have hundreds of millions of dollars to become a president. We've got a system that has surrogated itself, implanted itself, institutionalized itself, that reflects nothing of what our nation's about. So let's say George Washington is alive, we elect him. What's he going to do? The system's corrupt. We have no place to turn. It is not the ballot box. It's to God. And it's Our Lady's message that says that. The dreams of your forefathers. What is she talking about? What's the spirit of truth? What did our forefathers think? What did they give us? What liberty did they birth for us? And so Our Lady gave that message and she gave another message. Peace will not come through the presidents. Period. Can you not understand that? If 
for you who want to espouse with this letter, and I've got, we've gotten several letters in the past. This is the first time I've heard this letter. But, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same error. They have an erred spirit of truth. And I will not retract that. I will publicly go stronger. You go to Our Lady. You go to God and say, rescue us. We're in trouble, God. And Pope Benedict himself told Spain to defy the law. He's told other countries to defy the law. This is in regards to adoptions by abominable unions. This is, this is in, in defiance of um, uh, the marriages, that nobody's obligated to do this. And that actually, Benedict said, and I've said it before, you're obligated not to. You're, de you're obligated to defy it. And yet here in the Catechism being quoted, it says, you're obligated to give this. Well, underneath what it says, it says, you're morally obligated to pay taxes, to exercise the right to vote, and defend one's country. Underneath that, it quotes uh, Romans 13, 7. Pay to all of them their dues. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Revenue to whom revenues do. Respect to whom respect is due. Honor to whom honor is due. There is no respect due to any government institution or person or body or what structure in this world that is in violation of natural law. It's at that point where we are obligated to go the opposite direction. We are to defy this. And this is not what the Catechism is speaking about. Or either Pope Benedict is a liar. Because he just said it last year and told the Spain, people of Spain, you defy this law. We have the bishops here in a quandary up north about a hospital who has to give hospitalization to um, or benefits to abominable unions, our partners. Okay? And the bishops said they're in a quandary about this. And for the time being, they, they went on record to begin against it. And last I heard that they uh, are just going to live with it for right now until they decide what to do. It, it ain't no matter living with this. Bingo, bomb, right now, it's over with. No more benefits. Shut us down. Whatever happened to get thrown into the Coliseum? Quit the sissified stuff. No matter who you are. I'm obedient to the structure. I'm obedient to the bishops. I want to do everything I'm supposed to do. But they've got to stand up and say, no, enough's enough. We will not tolerate this. We will not accept it. God, rescue us. Rescue us now. And this is what July is about. And this is what we need to be doing. This is what we need to be thinking the mentality we have to have for God to rescue us. As a parent, are you worried about what kind of society your children will live in? Do we really have a choice in the next election? Or do we get to choose what the powers that be give us? No matter how you structure your future, all is at risk. Money won't protect you. Position won't save you. Your children's future is nil. Our nation must change its direction. But what is stopping it? You are. It all depends on you. If you wonder how can that be, you won't after reading Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping, a couldn't-put-it-down book, thrilling, motivating, edge-of-the-seat reading that will change the way you live and change this nation. 
Order on MEJ.com or at your local bookstore. Or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Going back to this discussion that we were that uh, we're having with a friend of Medjugorje previously about this uh, question that this uh, woman had sent in to us from Illinois uh, regarding the comment that she had made about um, choosing you're not choosing uh, the lesser of two evils, but rather you're limiting evil. And I, I distinctly remember you mentioning one time you brought up, uh, I believe it was in the book of Deuteronomy, where. Uh, Joshua was with the Israelites at the promised land, and uh, Joshua told the Israelites, you, you have to choose this day, life or death, the blessing or the curse, the choice is before you. And I remember you distinctly saying there was no middle ground for them. If they were going to enter the promised land, they had to choose, they had to choose one way or the other, life or death, and there was no middle. And maybe you might want to speak a little bit about that. Well, this uh, this whole topic makes me hot because... Christians are so lacking in the spirit. There's a, we're in the age of lack of wisdom. There's not enough prayer. There's not enough fasting. There's not enough discernment on looking into the scriptures and applying biblical principles to all things to really see what's the spirit of truth. It's very clear. It's very clear in my mind and my heart. I'm at peace with it. And and yet people read something that's so easy to say, well, you know, you're in, you're in error for saying this vote or should we vote? I mean, there's, there's nobody in the major political parties you can vote for. It's just not there. You can do it if you want to. You have free will. As our lady said what, exactly what you're talking about. She said, you know, you have a free will to comprehend that God gives to you. You know, you can choose life or death. And she wants to help us to comprehend to choose life. That's what she's here about. But we deceive ourselves. And I'm, I'm telling you what she said. She says you deceive yourself with the false peace and false joy. She wants us to permit she wants to permit us, her children, that she can show us the true way, the true way that leads to God. If we're going to be dependent on God, if we're going to look to Him, if we're going to look to Him to say, heal our land, turn to me and humble you as a people, and I will heal you, I will heal your land, then we've got to do that instead of collaborating with a system that is totally rot-filled. It's not there. Does that mean other election things that you shouldn't vote for? I'm, I'm not advocating that. If you get a local election, you got something that's right, vote for the godly candidate or the godly principles to do it. But we've got such a lack of understanding, even among the spirit of, of, of those who run for office and the system itself, that we, we have to turn to God rescue him. And the minute we all do and humble ourselves and say, God, you deliver us, he'll come. He'll come. And so there comes a point in time that in, in past history, I mean, did, did the, uh, the, the Christians and other people and that, that hid the Jews in World War II give to Caesar what was Caesar's and protecting the Jewish people? You know, you, you can't sit there and be blind with these things unless you understand and, and interpret Scripture singularly. No Scripture verse can be interpreted with, without being in light of all Scriptures and the, the Spirit. No message of Our Lady can be interpreted without the spirit of all the messages. What does she mean? And this is what Our Lady said in this, you need the spirit of truth. 
This June 9, 1984 message is, I've had people write to me and say, well, you're adding something to the message. You know, I said, don't add anything to them nor take anything away. Well, if you're not supposed to apply them to your environment, your your situations in life, then then they're sterile. They just say what they say, and I can't deviate from that. No, I can apply that, and it can speak to me different ways. These messages you all know out there, every one of you have had these messages speak to you differently spoke to me. Which one of us, me or you, or you and your husband or wife, or you and your friend or your or somebody else or your colleague that knows about Medjugorje, which one of you is right? It's not the message is a literal word thing that you're adding or taking away, and yet, uh, Ruth, they can apply to you differently than they apply to me, and Ray, they can apply to you differently than they apply to me. So which one of us has, this, has added to the message? None of us have. You've got to have the ability to apply these as, as a transparent word of God over different situations that speak differently. That's not adding anything to them. And to have that, to understand it, how what's right, what does it make it right if we if we do two different things? Or, or Ruth, you have a one way to say it, and I have another way to say it. The spirit of truth. It's the spirit of truth. And our lady says here in this message, you have to pray for the spirit of truth. And that's what we don't have in the church. We don't. Now, when I say that, I mean among the people. The church always is the way to go. The church always has the spirit of truth. The gates of hell will never prevail against the church. You always have to be obedient to the church. You have to do what the church says. The problem we got in the church today is people don't know what the church is really teaching. They don't know what the church is saying. You know, you've got bishop against bishop. I already said that. Priest is against priest. You know, repeat all these says, pray for that. They're, they're not in one. You know, you got you got the, our Nebraska bishops voting against the other bishops in the way they see things. You got them saying, I will not give communion because Pope Benedict said that to politicians for abortion. And others saying they do it. And yet the biblical principle is not that. The biblical principle says what I quoted earlier. Be one, of one accord, one heart, one mind. Make my joy complete. And that's what all these messages are coming. To give the spirit of truth with messages that will speak to every... One message will speak differently to six and a half billion people. That's the genius of these messages. But in order to do that correctly, you have to have the spirit of truth. And that's what we don't have. So the catechism explained is not, in, as, is, it's not versus the catechism itself where it says, better not to vote than to vote for one who is hostile to religion. What is religion? The institution of marriage is religion. If you vote against that for your issues, and I'm sure you would say state rights, it's garbage, total garbage. So people don't really grasp the, the significant times that we're in and what we have to do to understand the spirit of, the spirit of truth. We have something else that's really important in this message where our lady says, uh, work on the salvation of the world in a special way while I, I, while I am with you. Now, this hit me like thunder, and this to me is the joy of the whole message. We went to the field. We did our rosary. It was the 25th, and in our petition during the moment of apparition, I said, 
on behalf of the whole community, Mary, we offer you this rosary, and we ask you to put something in the message for the project we're in the midst of with the tabernacle, the retooling of the tabernacle. Those of you who are aware of it are familiar with that. And it was just that simple. And when I read, work on the salvation of the world in a special way while I am with you, I just went, wow, wow. I'm not saying Our Lady put that in the message because I said what I said. I'm saying maybe I was inspired because Our Lady was going to say this anyway. Because why? Because of other people doing different things also. But the project we launched, which we haven't talked about this on the air, uh, three or four months ago, uh, we spent four years putting together, and it's really to make Caritas, Mej.com, BVM Pilgrimages, our whole operations here, the Mother House of the Tabernacle, Our Lady's Messages, which is a 35,000-square-foot facility, our whole printing operation, uh, uh, operation, the Mission House in Medjugorje, our whole operation there to make one massive machine and that will, in a special way, work for the salvation of the world. We built the tabernacle in 1993. We spent three years building it. We spent several years planning it. We're in a second phase of retooling the tabernacle from up to bottom, down top to bottom, with equipment that we need for the evangelization of the world, the total evangelization of the world. So when Our Lady said, work on the salvation of the world in a special way while I am with you, that's now. You can't wait. This message, that message alone should strike you. What are you doing out there? How are you working on that? Do you feel helpless? Do you feel hopeless? Hopeless and helpless. Do you know how to do that in a special way? What's there? And so Our Lady coming here, Our Lady doing what she does, Our Lady coming here in July, Our Lady coming here in past years for over 120 apparitions, Our Lady asking for a community to be established, Our Lady giving to the community a special specific message when I'm with Maria in Italy, saying to get hearts close to mind to a way of salvation. Every move we've made, whether it be right, left, up, down, backwards, forward, every single move we've made has been to make a machine here that will inform, spread, propagate the messages, first with our life. This is a place to live in the message. It's a holy way of living. We live, I want to I say this real clear, we live a holy way of life here. Some people might hear and say, oh, how arrogant. No, we're fail, we fail it. Okay? We're sinners. So let me go on record saying that. But what's happened and what's been deposited here by Our Lady is a holy way of living. It's a beautiful life. It's a hard life. It's a difficult life. But it's a fruitful life. And we as sinners fail Our Lady. But it doesn't change the fact that this is a holy way of life. So here at the community, here at Caritas, is a holy way of living. And so our purpose, our life, has meaning. Our Lady says she wants you, our life to have meaning. She wants it to be meaningful. We wake up in the morning knowing that our life is about spreading the message. First with each other, first living it, first doing it. And, and again, we feel that. But the structure here, the basis of what our Lady has established here, is holy, a holy way of life. Our prayer times, getting up at 5 o'clock to 6. I'm not bragging about this. This is our life. This is the way we do it. Do I always want to go out there? No. Does everybody else want to always go out there? No. 
But we do it because it's the structure of the way we live. And I therefore want to do that. You say that's a paradox. Well, the flesh doesn't want it. St. Paul says that. My flesh doesn't want it. My soul wants it. The spirit does. And my spirit and my flesh are in contention. So the other night we drove in from, from, from Virginia, 12, 15-hour drive. We drove all day. We, give, um, we get in at 3 o'clock. Uh, I no longer get into bed at 3.30. That the alarm clock goes off at 4.30. And I go to the field at 5. Could I said, well, Mary understands. Jesus understands. You know, and before I even went on this trip, we hadn't slept hardly at any for, for a week. So it wasn't that my flesh wasn't exhausted. But here we, we say prayer takes precedent over tiredness. And I was out there in the field. And often, if you read in Point Man God, you see where Jesus was revitalized in prayer. Prayer brings rest. And that's what I actually said that day. I said, Mary, I know I'll get more rest by going to the field and praying to you for an hour, your intercession, than I would if I stayed in the bed. And so we live that. That's a holy way of life. And my flesh and everybody else's flesh here is always at war with that. But it produces fruit. So with this, this is our life, and then we transmit this to paper, booklets, CDs, things that we promote. And, and we have testimony after testimony coming. So what we launched uh, a while back is the retooling of the tabernacle. If you didn't get a packet, write in, call in, we'll give it to you free. It's, it's a pack, packet explaining something for the next decades of what we'll be doing and launching this campaign to when I say retooling, I mean re-equip it to modern equipment that we can do massive productions. When the secrets come out, we'll be able to feed the people, all those. Why? Because she says, work on the salvation of the world in a special way while I am with you. Well, the system of communications break down when she leaves. I believe some of that's going to happen. I think things are going to disintegrate to a certain degree. You just can't, I can't see it. I can't grasp that our lady's coming for 28 years without going to be coming for 40 to lead us out of the desert. I believe she'll be with us on daily apparitions up to that time. They may continue after that for the life of the visionaries on an annual basis. But she's come to lead us out of the desert. We're in, we are the Israelites wandering in the desert out of this modern society to come and know God better. And our lady said that in a message. I lead you to a time when you'll know God better. What is instrumental in God's methods to lead us to Him? What is, what is the main ingredient that He does to make us come closer to Him? Suffering. Crosses. Difficulties. So we in the movement, especially those who are praying, do suffer. There's a real intent with God and purpose to draw Him to make us love Him even more. And when we lay our head on His chest... And we realize that he's given to us this constant and how, how he's with us all the time and how Our Lady says, I'm here. I'm here with you in this time of grace. Work on the salvation of the world in a special way while I'm with you. We can talk to you in Brazil tonight or Portugal or Russia or wherever you're listening. In China, we get letters listening to Radio Wave or either going on the site. And so, Our Lady's with us. Will this system of means be there after Our Lady's gone? I think Our Lady's bringing us to a grand way of life because that's what God gave us. He wants us close to the soil. So, Radio Wave may be a way, 
not here 18 years from now, 20 years from now. And we'll all be glad for that because the way our life will have will be much more beautiful. But the messages has to be planted in every little village of the world, every place. The Gospels talk about that. Jesus himself will be, the Gospels relay, the, the end can't come until everybody's heard of Jesus. Now, you can say, well, I'm lost. Everybody's heard Jesus. But not everybody knows Jesus. That's two different things. That's up to interpretation how we understand it. I don't know. But the point I'm making is, is our lady's with us. She's peace. She shatters all our fears. She's the one who says, I'm a Christian. In other words, I'm holy. I am wise. She knows all of our hearts. She knows its desires. She knows that we live in a, a, a weary movement. We're tired. We're worn out. You know, she wants us to drop our heavy loads on her. She says, give me your problems. She says, mine is light. I know that the things are tough for you. I know how hard it is. But she's constant. She's there. I am near. And she's peace. And with this constancy and this gift we have, we got the grasp that we're to be active in the work for the salvation of the world now, not tomorrow, right now. What can you do to help? Join us, partner with us, help us to read to the tabernacle. This is, this is a message for you. This is, I asked for this in the field. Just put something in for retooling, and I'm nobody. But our lady's somebody, and she reaches down to the earth, right down to the field, right in here to us, and says, work on the salvation of the world in a special way while I'm with you. And in the retooling booklet, right in the beginning, we wrote, keep in mind that everything you're about to see and placed and given into, is given into the hands of Our Lady for the conversion of the whole world. Oh, gently lay your head upon my chest And I will comfort you like a mother while you rest And the tide can change so fast but I will stay The same through past The same in future Same today I am constant I am near I am peace That shatters all your secret
with you, her lady says. I am with you and do not leave you alone. And yes, I know you'll want the song you just heard. How does God deal with nations which have no spirit? One of the founding fathers of the United States, George Mason, said, As nations cannot be rewarded or punished in the next world, they must be in this. By an inevitable chain of causes and effects, providence punishes national sins by national calamities. When we look at the events around us, are we perhaps blind to see what is so plainly before us? The continual stripping away of religious freedoms and the barrage of laws, regulations, and more laws the oppressive structure to promote sin through new laws, and on and on. The scriptures so clearly show that when God's people turned away from Him, it resulted in the loss of freedom and liberty. For years Our Lady from Medjugorje has told us, invited us, and encouraged us toward reconciling as a people, as well as individually, back to God. We need a mother for our nation, we need her to purify us. We need her to cure us. We need her to resurrect us. We need her to be amongst us. We the people need her. This July 1st through 5th, 2008, that mother will be with us. This July 4th will be special for our nation. Come to the field at Caritas, Alabama, July 1st through 5th, 2008, when Maria Lunetti, Visionary from Medjugorje will be with us for all five days. Join with thousands across the nation in praying for the resurrection and renewal of ourselves and our country. July 1st through 5th, 2008, a 4th of July in Alabama that will change your life and this nation. Go to medj.com for more details. Medj spelled mej.com or call Caritas at 205-672-2000-USA. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Terry, I have a comment. One of the things that um, hit me very strongly about this message was the line about work on the salvation of the world in a special way while I'm with you. And many times in Our Lady's messages, she may say, I ask you, or I call you, or I want you, or I wish for you. But in this, she just immediately goes to work on the salvation of the world. Like it's more of a command almost. And, of course, in her first monthly message, she tells each of us that we cannot comprehend how important our role is in her plan, and the plan is for the salvation of the world. And um, with the retooling, one of the individuals who uh, has uh, donated to the retooling wrote us a letter, and one of the things that she stated 
was that she gets so excited when she is asked for a donation of anything uh, from Caritas because she wants to be a part of spreading the messages, which without Caritas, her reach is limited. With them, it is limitless. And um, I just didn't know if, if you wanted to comment a little bit on uh, the strongness of Our Lady's words in saying uh, almost a command, work on the salvation of the world. This is something that she's speaking in a much stronger way than uh, just uh, you know asking us to do something. Well, I think that we have to see reality that we're in a world in competition with the system of Hollywood, which spends billions of dollars collectively for evil. And and while it was uh, individual um, martyrs in the Colosseum that brought back the change of Rome, they collectively did this. And we do need to bind together. Now, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have the communication systems. They didn't have those systems they do. And the Colosseum today is that. We're, we're, we're martyred in the, in the media today, totally martyred. But that does does that mean we don't go into the to the to the Colosseum of the day? And Caritas is a great grace. Not because I founded it. I founded it for another purpose. I went to Medjugorje three months later and then I realized it's for Medjugorje. I thought I did it for another reason. It's a great gift from God. For me, for you, and for those that, that feed off Caritas. Because they has chosen to use it as an instrument. When I was with Maria in Italy, I was I was shocked on May thirty first, nineteen ninety five, and Our Lady, it was just me and her, her father in law, mother mother in law who lived upstairs were going to come down to the apparition, and they didn't come. So Maria runs up there and she comes down. And she says, "Strange," she says, "They just became violently ill, and they were not able to come to the apparition." This meant that it was only Maria and I there. I didn't think nothing of it. I thought, well, you know, okay, they can't come. And so it's Maria and I and nobody else. And so she goes into apparition, and afterwards she smiles, and she immediately, she says, Our Lady gave a message. Now, Our Lady didn't give messages every day. She's not giving messages for people. She didn't give messages just out of the blues. Rarely, the most you get is just a very short thing, if that. And that's very. We, we've been there all summer, in her in her church, uh, her chapel in Medjugorje, and in those apparitions, nothing. Uh, Ruth, you were just in uh, Italy with Maria through the through the winter in January for a month or so or mm -hmm. longer. And did you? Was there any messages at all? Not one. No message. So Maria goes into her kitchen, gets a piece of paper, and she writes this down. And she said, Our Lady said, Our Lady gave a message for you, your family, and the community. I didn't ask Our Lady for a message. We didn't ask Maria to ask, or I didn't, uh, to solicit something. But at that point in time, in 1995, I was passive. I felt like I needed to learn how to live the message. I didn't feel like I needed to go tell everybody else how to live the message. I had learned. Just like St. Paul, for 11 years, or at least 8 years, he said, he had, after he was struck, when Jesus gave him the words, why do you persecute me? He had to learn how to be a Christian. It's not, oh, St. Paul, I'm a born-again Christian, and I'm going to run around and tell you how to do it. He had to learn the meaning of Christianity. The apostles, it took three years for them to do, and they still had a lot of learning afterwards, and they had the Holy Spirit come on them. St. Paul was no different. It took him eight years to learn how to be a Christian, and maybe 11 years before he even really, what the Scriptures relate, before he really began to, to preach. Of course, he wrote, more than half, maybe three-quarters of the New Testament. 
but he had to learn how to be a Christian. So from 86 to 95, I had to learn how to live the message. That eight or 10 years, I, I didn't, I, I thought I knew, but I, I was self-absorbed in the message. I had wrote How to Change Your Husband. I just released I See Far. So we didn't come up and, and interpret something different. Our lady saw that. In fact, I had on the, I had the two books. One was a manuscript. One was a book laying on the altar before Our Lady in Maria's house at that time. So she knew what were what I was writing about the message. She knew how I was saying it. She knew how I understood the message. And yet I was passive. I wasn't going to be strong about the message. But she gave that apparition that day, and she gave a message, and she says, Maria comes back, and she says, this is for you, your family, and the community. And it said, little children, I desire that through your lives you are witnesses, that you are my extended hands, my instruments. Get as many hearts as you can close to my heart, and lead them to God to a way of salvation. I was blown away by it. Paulo comes home that night. And I says, "Am I? In, is this translation right? Did our lady say to the way of salvation or to a way of salvation? She says, no, our lady said to a way of salvation. I questioned Maria about it. I questioned Paulo about it. I questioned the translation of it to make sure it was right. Why? Because I see far one of the books, How to Change Your Husband, and many other writings was very clear a spiritual walk and a direction of the message that nobody was saying. And, and nobody would dare say in a lot of ways. A lot of people are saying and espousing the philosophies now and how to change a husband, but they weren't doing that 15 years ago. They wouldn't dare say that. A lot of people don't have the courage to say it. It's not that I have courage. I just say it because I said it and I don't worry about it. I put it, she showed it, we write it, period. We live it first. So I say this only because at that point we became, I became, instead of passive, I became proactive. I became to really spread the message, to really <coughs> promote the message, to really go strong and go forward. Just as when St. Paul went from his learning how to live Christian to, to learning how to propagate and put this out. Now we were doing a lot of things back in 95 to spread the message. We built the tabernacle. It was already up. But... But again, we were very passive. But when our lady says, G-E-T, get, kind of strange. You wouldn't think she'd say that. She says, get hearts close to mine. All right, get, get hearts, get as many hearts, not some, get as many hearts as you can close to my heart and lead them to God. We have a command. We've been, we've been commissioned to do this. And if you want to join that, then support it. And people say, after the years, it's, it's kind of humorous to me. They say, well, now they're off base. You know, two years later, they come out. And then our lady comes here, and she does some actions that surprises Maria herself, everybody, myself, everybody. We're all shocked at what our lady does here. And then they say two years later, oh, they're off base again. They're saying this, and they're tear or friend of yours said this, whatever. I'm not supposed to say that. But anyway, it goes on and on and on. Then our lady comes in and not only redeems that, that she's uh, doing it just like yesterday in the field. Y'all were there, Ray and, and Ruth. And it was just real simple. Mary put something in this message today. It speaks to us about the retooling of the tabernacle. And when she said, work on the salvation of the world in a special way while I'm with you, we've got a special plan. We prayed about it for years. We did research for it. It's, it's a massive plan 
to be prepared for the great evangelization when the secrets start manifesting. And now, we've got so many things we can produce and do, and we're not liking ideas. We need the equipment. We need the means for doing that. Am I turning this into a, a, a plea for the retooling of the tabernacle? No, I'm telling you to help with this. I'm not, gonna, I'm not appealing to you to plead with you about anything. You want to live the message, you read that. Work on, a, work on the salvation of the world in a special way while I'm with you. Go find a plan out there like this. Go, plant, go find 50 people, 40, 45, 50 people that has dedicated their life to the missionary life. Missionary life. Not for money. We've got one doctor in town that does everything for our people who are for free. He believes so much in us. He's well known across the whole country. Sports figures fly in from the whole United States to, to get an appointment, and people wait eight months. He loves this mission and seen the fruit of it so much, we, 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 we say we got to come in. Come in right now. And, and it's like this because people know that we really have dedicated our lives to doing this. But, but if you don't have the ammunition, where the cannon here, if you, don't, if you don't arm that, then what can you do? So, yes, we can ask boldly. Our lady says, ask boldly for the grace. And so that's this, this sentence, you meditate on this. Work on the salvation of the world in a special way while I'm with you. Are you going to leave something in your inheritance to somebody who's going to just increase their wealth or their comfort in life or into the system that's gone down, going down the tubes? Or why not take some of that inheritance now, turn it into something, pass it over to Caritas, pass it into the system for the salvation of the world. We have a work for the salvation of the world in a special way. Write for it if you don't know about it. Call about it. Read it and see if there's anything else out there like that. We're not putting ourselves above anybody. And if you've got a little system that you've got going on your kitchen table, so be it. And God bless you. And we want you to prosper. But can you go fund a $50,000 production or a $30,000 production like Remember When It Rained? It brings conversion. Or Between Heaven and Earth that was done years ago that cost us $45,000 to produce. And you can get that CD for the cost of, what is it that we, we give that to people when think, they write in? I think it goes down to 75 or 60 cents. somewhere. 60 cents. Our thing is, is to take the cost of producing something cover that, and our field angels cover that, they're the people who monthly support us, and by doing so, we cover the expense, eat it, and then we pass on the raw product to you. All our booklets, 15 cents a piece. And so, this message should speak to you in a profound, profound way to help Our Lady in her plan here. Prayed from within cloistered convents to inside the Pentagon. From dangerous military fields around the globe to the quietness of the bedroom and field where Our Lady appeared to the Medjugorje Visionary Maria here in Caritas. The Patriotic Rosary, a powerful prayer for divine protection and mercy for our nation and its rebirth. Gather your family and friends 
and pray the patriotic rosary together, consecrating our nation back to God. Once you've heard this rosary, you'll long to pray it often, praying that our nation remains one nation under God. Order the Patriotic Rosary on medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, and click on MedgeMart, or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Going back to the message and the, particularly the, the, the word work, uh, that's a very interesting word. And I know that you focused quite a bit on our work here and what we do. Uh, but I distinctly remember several years ago, uh, we were in Medjugorje together and, and there was two people that lived there in Medjugorje. And you were speaking to them about getting involved in in working, doing some kind of work for Our Lady, and uh, you were being very, very strong with them that you, you have to, you have to do something. You have to work. You've been living here for you know 15 years or whatever, however long it had been at that time, and all that they wanted to do was say, well, we just, we're just not going to really do anything and just wait to see what Our Lady, um, what Our Lady is just showing, wanting to tell or something like that. And you were really strongly encouraged. Well, you got, you got to do something. You got to get started into something and let Our Lady. Reveal it. Maybe you want to. I don't know if you remember that or not. I distinctly remember that, and, and it amazes me when I hear that. You know, our lady's coming twenty-eight years, and and you're just supposed to be going and praying your rosaries all day long. And then this is is not just faith; it's works. What is faith without works? What is the message without works? Some and and the work is very defined, very clear. You know what to do. You know, again, work on the salvation of the world. Well, that's way beyond my kitchen sink when I'm washing dishes or I'm in the shop mechanic and on, on my car up doing some maintenance. How do I work on the salvation of the world in a special way? Our Lady says, January 25th, 1987, you cannot comprehend the greatness of your role. Therefore, pray to find out what, to comprehend what your role is in God's plans. And what is the plan earlier in that message? It says, a great plan, not a little bitty plan, not a baby plan, not a little bitty thing and... We do all these crazy things. We come up with our churches, our, 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 with the program they had, this mini research, mini something. You know, it's just like government plans. I mean, the ladies, our ladies' plans is for the salvation. She said a great plan for the salvation of the world. And so I think this way. We're inspired through our prayers to think this way, to work for the salvation of the world. Now, the basis of that is through the individual. But those individuals join with other individuals. And when you see the pass being thrown down the field and one player catches it and makes a touchdown, he didn't do that without the guards and the other people on the line and all these people blocking and protecting the quarterback to throw the pass. We've got a pass to throw. We need protection. We need to get. We've got receivers out there. You need to receive what we produce. And so it is, it is of the individuals. It's, it's all on the individual plan because a lady said, I want, to, uh, I want you individual conversions. And she relayed to Maria. It was never a message. Maria's told me about it that you know, she wants to create a, a, a chain around the world, one link at a time, parallel that to, the, to the, each man. And so you've know, you got to understand the, the basis of it. You're not going to do any good 
just giving money to something or to the tabernacle if you're not living something. You know, what are you going to do? That might give you grace to start changing your life. You know, the scripture says that there's three three things that forgive sins, almsgiving, fasting, and uh, repentance. And the first and the best is almsgiving. That's, I'm not saying that. The scripture says that. And so that might help you to get strong and get on that path. And and so when you're out there on a team and you're playing something, you get an individual, you, you want to be with, with what's there. And I dare you find I dare you find anything out there like what our ladies laid out here. And so uh I don't want to go on and on and use this as a campaign for that, but I don't want to be shy about it neither because our lady says get hearts I'm I'm sorry, get as many hearts as you can close to my heart and lead them to God to a way of salvation. She said before that you are my witnesses. You are my extended hands and my instruments. Three times she claimed the community to carry to us. Help us, help this system, this framework, this massive machine to produce what it needs to produce. And I know Joan in Medjugorje has been holding on for a little bit. I hope you're not asleep because I know it's uh, 3, 3.30 there. Joan, yeah, are you there? Yeah, that's the time it is. <laughs> oh, boy. So you've been listening to everything. But anyway, you were at the evening apparition before Croatian Mass, I know, which none of the visionaries are there except Yak, um Viska and Ivan, but Ivan also had a special apparition tonight. So, can you tell us what's going on in Medjugorje in these days and about the about the apparition tonight on the mountain? Sure. Uh, it, the days are very beautiful here right now. Uh, May is an, an awesome time to come to Medjugorje. There's a lot of wildflowers everywhere you go. The weather's picture perfect. Um, we've had some rain in the last um, week or so, but mostly blue skies perfect temperatures. So um, it's just uh, May is Our Lady's Month, and, and it feels that way here in Medjugorje. Uh, the apparition tonight um, was a beautiful night under the stars, and uh, people came um, early e- evening to um, all the way up to right before Our Lady uh, appeared to Yvonne. Uh, constant people coming up the mountain, filling in the whole area around the Blue Cross. And um, I had the opportunity to kind of just uh, sit back and and remember being here 18 years ago uh, in the same scene and thinking, you know, who would have thought that uh, the apparitions would still be going on. And so many of the faces that are around the apparition site uh, have been coming for years as well. And um, so it's really um, kind of neat to see that. And then with our group, our pilgrim group, and this is our fifth or sixth group that we have had this year, um, with the community members coming here to Medjugorje, um, there's quite a few new people that are experiencing this for the first time. And, um, you know, they... Some of them just finding out about Medjugorje for, you know, just recently. And that, too, is amazing that uh, it's taken this long for them to even hear the news of the apparitions. While some people have been coming for years and years to experience Our Lady and be with her time and time again. And Our Lady, um, she prayed for a special way for vocations in the church tonight. 
as always, she blesses us and blesses all of our religious objects, prays for the sick. And um, so it was a very pleasant evening. Uh, all the, as always, after the apparition, uh, the crowds coming off of the mountain are talking and laughing and joyful. Uh, all of their care has been taken away and being replaced by just basking in the blessing of being with the Queen of Peace for, you know, a few moments and being able to kind of leave behind our own world and worries. Joan, was the, uh, being her. Was the stars out tonight or is it, how was the, the scene as far as, was, was the night failed? At some clouds. It wasn't just a pure starry night, but uh, we've had a lot of clouds drifting in and out, always a little bit of threat of rain every day, but we haven't had too much rain. So um, it was just very nice temperatures. Now I'm, I'm actually looking out the window, and I do see quite a few stars out there. Well, it's always, uh, I guess, one of the most favorite things, and most pilgrims always say that the favorite thing is the mountain apparitions. And there's something mystical about it. And, and, of course, our lady's with us at that point, but it's... Uh, it's a joy for us now to be able to bring you that right after it happens for Medge and so much more we want to do in the future in regards to that. But it, it takes a lot of real collaborative effort. Uh, you know, Mariana's apparition, Yvonne's apparitions, Maria's apparitions, where we're up here half the night or y'all are up there half the night. And, and it takes a lot to get that going. But it's a joy that I've always felt for years and sad that if everybody could just connect at that moment that we're on the mountain over there, the apparitions and the joy of just seeing that. If you, if you, of course, here is daylight, so you can't go outside at that moment no one really is appearing unless you're in another part of the world that's listening to this. But it, if I were, I would go outside knowing that the Mother of God's appearing in the especially if it's night, because you can get that feeling. Mm-hmm. That not being the case. It's funny. Um, we uh, walked back to the mission house after the apparition, and as uh, I was unlocking the door, there was a group of Canadians that came up, and they said, uh, "Are you? Are you? Uh, do you have the message from tonight?" And I said, "Well, we're going to be uh, transcribing that, and um, first thing in the morning, you'll be able to come and get a copy of it if you'd like." And and they said, uh, "You're going to be up all night doing that." And uh, I didn't tell them I would be up all night waiting to <laughs> speak on Radio Wave, but uh, I said, "Well." You know, our lady just gave a message yesterday, and it was work on the salvation of the world. I said it's pretty awesome to be able to do that, and a privilege for us to do that. But they were all um, very excited to know that they can uh, come back and get the information. A lot of times you don't hear very well on the mountain, and many people leave Medjugorje without being able to really hear what our lady did on the mountain, and uh, it's one of the things that we take really seriously. Um, to uh, be able to provide the message to people. Uh, and I know that that's always been your direction, and, and particularly since you received the message um, at Maria's house, the May 31st, 1995 message, which we're coming upon that anniversary um, soon. Um, and uh, so anyway, it's, uh, it's, been, it, it, it's just it was a big joy. Uh, to kind of share that with that little group before they they went on to their evening. Well, I wish we could we could somehow make people uh, 
more aware of the mountain apparitions, how beautiful that moment is and, and all the history. Because it is, it's one thing when you walk down the mountain, the joy, the laughter, and everybody's so happy. And, and one thing that I think that, that I I didn't realize until just a few short years ago that, that I've said before, but I think it's important to bring this point up, is that our Our Lady would often say she prayed tonight in a special way for the sick. And it hit me one night. Why does Our Lady always say that? You know, because it's not not easy for just a sick person to get up there. There are sick people up there. But I realize the greatest sickness is disease of the soul. And the spirit of truth is so lacking in this ageless uh, age without wisdom that that that's one of the first priorities Our Lady's praying. It's more serious than somebody who's crippled for life. When you're, when you're crippled in your soul, you're crippled in your mentality, you can't even have God reach you. Uh, we got a letter today that the, the, the guy who wrote it is so crippled in his understanding of religion and, and, his, and the way he sees it, how he understands it. It sounds like a plea of plea trying to, to explain it, but um, to reach him, and, and I don't know any way to reach somebody like that when I see somebody write something like that's so crippled in their mentality Except for witness, it's just just no way and grace. There's just no way to change somebody like that who's into everything and how Christianity is hurt more and caused division. You know, it, on and on. But there on the mountain, our lady when she prays for sick, and these are the things that we can look forward to in the season where Yvonne's there this summer. That when she prays, that she's praying for you. That you can be on your knees at Central Time. Here it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Wherever you are, you can follow that each week now. Be on your knees and receive whatever she's giving. And you can almost um, take it to the bank, if you want to say it that way, that she'll be praying for the sick. And sick, the sickness in your heart, the sickness in my heart, where we failed and where we are constantly failing God and the repentance that we need and we see our sins and we see who uh, we look at and, and that God's watching out over us and what we've done and what we failed to do. And it's, and it's here we talk about what we're doing as a mission, how we're doing it, but it's not because of what we've done, but it's because of what God's done through us and for us. And so we're doing nothing in the end. And Alice often says, you know, you're a flower and it's passing. Right before 9-11, she said that. Don't, she, after the afterthought, right before 13 days or so before 9-11, she says, remember that your life is like a flower passing by. And so... We've got to really realize we're here today and God tomorrow. And that's some of Our Lady's words. She said that. that. You know, life is, you're here one moment and you're gone tomorrow. So we're like an ocean is tossed and we're no more than vapor in the wind. And we need to still hear her calling us this way. Tossed in the 
Okay, Joan, question. You there? Yeah, I'm here. After listening to that, emotionally, how do you feel about being there instead of here? <laughs> right, I, didn't I want you to be honest. It. I want you to be real honest. I'm saying this for the benefit of those listening. How do I feel being here instead of there? Yes. Be honest. Well, actually, I, I would take, if you want my honest answer. I want your honest answer. <laughs> I'll tell you what I was thinking about when I was listening to that song. And you were, you had um, been talking about before, the, you played the song about being on the mountain and, and how are they praise for the sick and how you had that revelation that she's praying for all of us because we all have spiritual illnesses. And... Um, and she really does bring healing in there to to us in our spiritual illnesses. But we have two women on our trip, our pilgrimage, that have been a real, um, real awesome to watch go walk through this pilgrimage. And I tell this story first to encourage people out there who are our field angels and who are spreading the materials and who are leaving our um, information in churches and in businesses and and um, wherever they might find a place to leave them because you really do reach hearts. You you may never see that, but you we see it from our side. Anyway, this woman um, owns a, um, a Catholic sells Catholic uniforms to to students, and so she uh, was approached and when the one of our field angels asked if they could put some flyers in our in her store and she wasn't familiar with us she read the flyer about going to Medjugorje and um, her husband said go and um, so she went and she brought her aunt with her her aunt's an unbeliever doesn't have any faith at all they grew up in a Buddhist home in Korea and um, the husband can never get off work, so he always sends the two of them on vacation together. So here these two come, and even though uh, the woman who owns the store um, has been uh, to many, many places, has been a Catholic for 25 years, she really had no understanding of her own faith. She didn't know the rosary, anything. She, they end up in Medjugorje. She didn't even bring any tennis shoes with her because she didn't have any idea what what this place was. She didn't know she was going to be climbing mountains. She said she's never seen 5 o'clock in the morning before. <laughs> I mean, they, they're very uh, just, just blown away and didn't know how they're going to handle this at all. But they really became this flower, just, okay, we're just going to go with the flow. And even the unbelieving aunt. They both have very um, bad arthritis in their legs. It's very difficult for them to walk and diabetes and lots of different health issues going on. But they made it up the mountains. All the times that we went, we went on three different occasions. And they have received such a grace of Our Lady entering into their heart because they opened up to the experience without um, any kind of rebellion without just a simple trust of a child and they have been crying for the last five days they can't believe they're making it up all the way across the mountain without their 
legs hurting terribly. Um, it's just been an awesome thing. And um, they have really felt Our Lady in their heart. And especially this aunt who uh, has had no, you know, Jesus to her is, is just a picture on a wall. And yet she is having very deep encounters with, with, with Jesus, with Our Lady, and she's, uh, she doesn't know what to think. Um, but uh, I just, the, the whole um, experience of being this, this flower for Our Lady and, and how she gets people here and then leads them into just a, a deep, beautiful walk of, of uh, just encountering her. Well, that's Medjugorje. Day in and day out. Um, that's Medjugorje, and that's a beautiful... That, that's Medjugorje. She John. wants to um, put our, our materials out on her counter. She said uh, June and July are her busiest months. She has kids and parents coming in nonstop. And um, so she's a, a conduit to the message to countless people when she returns back home, just from one field angel putting... Uh, brochure in her store. But Joan, yeah, I ask you a question. <laughs> Mitchell is a beautiful well, place, and it's answer. a wonderful. It's a wonderful place. But did you not are still you, feel? Are you asking if I'm homesick? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm always homesick. <laughs> but you're in a beautiful place. You just told a beautiful story. Why would you be homesick for here? Well, because there's no place like home. Not just that. It's because what our lady's done with us and what she's made here as far as the way of life. And you can have that. Everybody can have Medjugorje at your home. And our lady wants that. She don't want people to move to Medjugorje. She wants people to bring Medjugorje to their home, to their place, to the way they live. When you establish that, you establish life. Maria's walked around the ground and said, this is how Medjugorje was in the beginning days. Medjugorje has changed. And we work with our community members, such as Joan, to put people back in the environment of what it was in the beginning days. But now it's not always like that. But the point is, is there's, there's a, a beauty about the way of life our lady gives here, and this whole place here is structured for that. And again, we're not uh, saying what we've done, we're saying what God has done for us. And if you follow the message in your home, in your life, in your family, things will change, no matter how difficult it looks, you have to realize if you want to be obeyed, you have to obey. If you want to lead, you have to follow. If you need, in your position, you want authority, you have to give way to the authority over you. And our lady says, you listen to me. I will teach you. And when you go the other way, if you're a person that won't obey, then nobody's going to obey you. You've taken that authority away from yourself. And so there's a whole principle in the message to this, to making your home, making your life, making your way. And this is all this place here is about, is that. So uh, Medjugorje is beautiful. It's beautiful to be there. But I always even miss here. You know, and that's and it's because of the way life really is given to us.
Many complain about the sins of this nation. We have all brought about the sins of our nation through our own unholiness. We do not have to be great sinners to breed an environment of great sins. The lack of holiness has allowed the great sins. Holiness suppresses evil and drives it away. Throughout the history of our great nation, many of our past leaders have encouraged us to humble ourselves before God, to acknowledge His blessing upon our nation, and to pray for His continued blessings. Men like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln understood that pride and arrogance would be our fall as a nation, and as our leaders, they are and continue to be our conscience in remembering that it is from God that all blessings flow. How much we are in need of this reminder today. Many of our present leaders are shamefully silent in regard to remembering God with gratitude for His gifts. How fortunate we are to be living in the time when God sent His own mother to be our conscience and teach us humility and to seek His blessing on our behalf. Changing History, a booklet, will inspire you to want to pray for our nation. Order on medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. I'm just going to go back to the message um, before it gets too late, and I just want to uh, share my personal um, experience when I first heard the message. And um, I was there in the field when Terry uh, prayed the prayer and that we were really uh, looking for Our Lady's words to speak to our heart and... um, and as Terry said, you can't just read them, but really put it into prayer. And um, so what happened is when I read this, I immediately had the same reaction um, and said, wow, because I couldn't believe it. And when I went home and gave copies to the girls in my house, I immediately told them that this message has to do with the retooling. Um, it was so strong, it, I couldn't believe it. Um, but as um, a friend of Medjugorje has shared, uh, and Maria has told us many times that uh, when she first gave, uh, wrote down the message, um, she cried because it just was ink on paper. And that she said for us to receive uh, and understand the message to the degree that it's given by Our Lady that we have to put prayer into it. And that the more prayer we put into it, the more these messages will speak to our individual lives and our individual hearts, but also uh, in our families and uh, our nation and so forth. And so we can only encourage you uh, more and more to, as you receive these messages, to really uh, prepare your hearts in prayer before you even read it. Um, I know when a friend of Medjugorje gets the message, he usually goes off on his own, gets down on his knees and really prays for the spirit of truth and uh, to enter into his heart uh, so that these words that Our Lady has given, he can have the completeness of understanding that Our Lady desires him to. And it's something that each of you can do as well. Well, I, I feel a little bit like 
May 31st, 1995, when Our Lady gave this commission, that this was something that uh, correlates with the messages through the years where Our Lady says, I want to collaborate with you. And also where she says, I will give you might. You need this might, and I will help you with this might. There's a message. Look up the word might, and you'll find this message. It's real. Uh, I think it actually mentioned four times in one message. And so uh, for this, it's not that this can't apply to what you're doing or your projects or way you're maybe even spreading July 1st to the, to the 5th. But again, collectively, we can change the world. Our Lady wants to individually, many individuals throughout the world, collectively working with the plan. And there is a plan that you should check out. Uh, and you can call right for this retooling, but it's very, very critical, very, very important. And one thing that I, I was going to mention before we close here in the next few minutes, f five minutes before the broadcast began tonight, I jotted down a little note that said, next broadcast, Monday, June 2nd. And a friend of Medjugorje was sitting across uh, on the other set of mics across from me, and I said, and I mentioned, I said, you know, what, you know, we've talked about this show that we'd like to do more often. And what about the possibility of doing a one-hour show every single week until July 1st through 5th, about July. And he said, let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, we're planning on Wednesday nights, uh, but what we want to do is we want to leave that open for your response. You could go to medj.com and you can uh, send us a feedback. You can call us on the phone. However, whatever day you think would be best for us to do that broadcast uh, we kind of would. We're thinking about leaving it in your hands. Right now, we're thinking about Wednesday nights uh, because generally, that's usually when it seems a lot of people do listen. But uh, when uh, we, like I said, we would like to leave this in your hands. And the topic of these broadcasts, these one-hour broadcasts, uh, like I mentioned already, was in anticipation of July first or fifth. However, uh, we're leaving that open for your questions, and so. Same thing. You can go to medj.com. You can send us a feedback. You can call us on the phone. Uh, we want to leave the line of communication open for you to send us questions, uh, to send us your comments, or whatever it is that you would like for us to address about this. And so this was something that just you. So you won't even you won't see the schedule on medj.com right now because this is fresh just before the show began. It was decided just like that. But not this Wednesday, right? <laughs> Maybe that's we'll just say next week would start. Right, so it'll begin sometime next week. But until then, and, until you know uh, what day that will be, <laughs> we'll be notifying you and letting you know, and that will be posted on Medge.com. Okay, we've got one more song we want to play, and it's really basically about the the, the title of it is Pilgrims, and uh, <clears throat> it's about so much of what our forefathers came coming to a new shore, or a new place where. They many things were unknown and blind to to the struggles that would be happening, but also the spirit of of whether you go to Medjugorje or your pilgrimage here in July, and so this is something that we always do to help you reflect and go deeper. Music has a profound effect in these kinds of things. And I wondered then if the day 
We are pilgrims and all of us are headed towards a different shore and it's our responsibility to get as many people on the boat as possible. So Our Lady just said, friend of Medjugorje spoke about this tonight, work. And it's your responsibility, my responsibility, those of you listening, that you spread this broadcast to as many people as possible. That tomorrow this broadcast will be available for you to restream. You'll be able to download this. You can call Caritas and order the CDs. Just ask for the May 26th broadcast of Radio Wave. And just give a donation to cover that and the shipping cost of that. But 
don't let this stop. Begin the work now in Our Lady's message. Begin that today, that you begin to spread this broadcast. You can touch other people's lives through what Our Lady has given to us here, what she's deposited here in the wisdom that she's came and she's brought to us in the messages. And so, uh, though you may not have necessarily everything equipped to do everything that you can, Our Lady's blessed us with a lot. And we want to be able to give that to you, and you can give this to others. So, tomorrow, call Caritas and order the CDs for this. Ask for the May 26th broadcast. Go to medj.com, um, restream it, send it to all of your uh, all the people that you emailed to. There's There are people that uh, you might send to 10, 15, 20, 30 people a day. All these little things that everybody passes around to all their friends, and one passes to another, and at the very end it says, don't let this stop pass this on to 10 more people. Well, that's what you do with this. You send this link on and you say, uh, you do this. And so uh, that and also um, your funding as well. You can go to medj.com and click on donate and make a donation to, uh, to help fund medj.com and Radio Wave. And what we spoke about, the one-hour broadcast, this is, we'd like to do the 30 minutes every single day. We've spoken about that already before. And that's only made possible through... Uh, financial means. So we ask that you give your financial support for that. Go to medj.com, click on donate. It's very simple, very easy to do. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, call Caritas, 205-672-2000, and you ask to leave a donation for medj.com or Radio Wave. So that number again, 205-672-2000, and just just say that you would like to give a donation for medj.com or Radio Wave, and you could always send it to us in the mail. And the address is 100 Our Lady Queen of Peace Drive, and that's in Sterrett, Alabama. And in Sterrett is spelled S-T-E-R-R-E-T-T, Alabama 35147, uh, USA. Okay, we'd like to sign off with you, Joan. Are you still there? Barely. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, uh, what time is it? Four o'clock for you? Four, time to get up. <laughs> well, just pretend you're at 5 a.m. prayer. <laughs> Well, anyway, we're glad to have you on with us tonight. We miss you, and and uh, we'll be praying for you and the rest of the community there. Remember, everybody here uh, out in Radio Waveland and all of the apparitions that we're in and uh, in our daily prayers here as well. Okay. And the more apparitions, remember, everybody listening tonight, especially all their needs. Okay. All right. And as far as Our Lady, we have that great joy of knowing that she's with us. Uh, think about your work. And... Tonight, as you go to bed, remember her words where she says, I am with you, and I do not leave you alone. Repeat those words to yourself. Get the message. And think about that as you go to sleep, as you wake tonight. I am with you, and I do not leave you alone. And so tonight, as we leave you, know that Our Lady is with you, and wish with, we wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night. <laughs>